You're listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast, and this is a special series celebrating mompreneurs. Success isn't just number of clients. It isn't just dollars in the bank. It's feeling rested. It's feeling connected to my kids. It's feeling happy, feeling like I have some space in my life where I'm not just constantly either mom, wife, or business owner where I could be Michelle. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are an action-taking, savvy businesswoman who's obsessed with growth, then you're in the right place. Right now, you're listening to the Mompreneur series on the podcast. And during the very first episode of this series, I talked a lot about the Mompreneur mission statement. So I have gone ahead and created one for you to download for free. Just go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash MMS. This mompreneur mission statement has been the foundation of what allows me to live very purposefully in two areas of my life that I consider so important to me, my business and my life as a mother. So go download this free tool for you to use to thrive in your mompreneur life today. Michelle Evans is a marketing genius. I've had the pleasure of knowing Michelle since I interviewed her on the podcast years ago, and her business has changed tremendously since then. She focuses on helping influencers and coaches be able to attract more and more clients and understand and build out really powerful funnels so that they can continue targeted conversations with potential clients. This interview went into a direction I did not expect, but we ended up having a conversation that I think is really important and we have not yet addressed during the series. And that is all about our intimate relationship. Both Michelle and I actually talk very openly about what kind of conversations we're having with our spouses and how that influences how we show up into our businesses and into our relationships with our kids. Michelle has three kids and she shares with us some of the agreements that she has with her husband and how that's evolved over the years and how those agreements, those conversations, those habits that they have created as a team help her manage her mompreneur life. So let's get into this conversation with Michelle. Michelle, what's going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for including me. I am so happy to have you here. You know what? I have to tell you that this is, it was probably actually just like an excuse to talk to you and to connect with you when I asked you to be on the show. Cause I was like, dude, this is perfect. But I've been dying to actually sit down and have some one-on-one time with you for quite some time. So this is a nice excuse to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We kind of stalk each other online, I guess. Cause I, I feel the same about you. <laughs> well, and I feel that mompreneurs, we don't waste a minute of our day. And so it's just like, like every, Everything has to fit in. Like I talked to my cousin 
earlier today and she and I are good friends and it literally like we had to schedule it three weeks ago in order for it to like make sense. And, and I was like, oh my God, this is really pathetic. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's the truth because we're pulled in so many directions. Yeah. Which is exactly why we're here to talk and have a conversation with you. For this Mompreneur series, you are somebody I really wanted on because I have just seen your progression of your business. I had the pleasure of interviewing you for the Biz Women Rock podcast years ago. And even just in that time, I have seen major evolution and shifts and awesomeness happening in your business. And so it gets me really curious. When I see women on fire, I'm always really curious about how are they managing all that? <laughs> and so thank you. Uh, yeah. And, and it's more of like I'm bowing down to you and like rock on girl. Yes. Like I love, love that. So I wanted to get inside of your head a little bit because when I see a woman doing that and she has kids and she has a spouse and I know she's involved and I know she's a very passionate person and she's building and growing like that's kind of the essence of what I really wanted to capture here on the Mompreneur series. So in order to give everyone listening a little bit of a backdrop as to what the business is in the first place, so we kind of have a, a nice little springboard to go off of. Can you explain what your business is, what you offer, all that good stuff? In the time since we've really known each other, I've really switched to helping coaches and experts go from kind of confused marketing and simply surviving to predictably sold out, really using the power of marketing funnels and Facebook ads. So I've gotten super, super clear on exactly who I want to work with and how I want to help them. And for the most part, I, I work with mostly women. I have a few guys too, but I love helping people figure out like, how do I predictably get business in the door where even if my kid is homesick from school, like I'm not stressing because I know that I have these systems set up that bring people in. So I'm not constantly trying to worry about where's my next client coming from. Right. So this is yeah. really like you are customizing Facebook ads that work for them. You're creating the funnels that are needed to be able to capture the information that's coming from the Facebook ad and helping them create conversations beyond that email, if you will, so that there's like constant communication happening and building of the list, building of the of the folks that they're talking to in their ideal target market, right? Yeah. And it's not just... Facebook. Like I'm super passionate about funnels because I think it's actually one of the best gifts that you can possibly give to your potential clients. So they come to you and they see, oh, Katie has this fabulous freebie on Facebook groups, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested in Facebook groups. Let me get this freebie. And a funnel means that now they get communications to them tailored about your Facebook group program. And what better gift to give somebody than this free opt-in, right? So it's some free sort of thing, a checklist, a video, whatever it is. And then having some really targeted communication points where you help them realize, are Facebook groups for me or not? Right. And then invite them to make a decision. Do you want to work with me or not? When it's done right, it's a really great way to to help people realize, are you for them or not? Or are you for them now or not? And so I'm all about that. And it's not just Facebook ads. Like you could do this if you're a speaker. Right. You could have some, so people in the audience could take it further. I know you do tons of speaking and yeah. I'm sure you do that. Anyway, yeah, it's just a really great way to continue the conversation. So it's not just a kind of one and done, like opt in for this freebie and then 
you know, who knows what I'm going to talk to you about next. Right. And obviously you are really passionate about that and super clear and specific about how you can help people with that, which I think is amazing. So on the other side of this mompreneur equation, tell us a little bit about your home life. Like tell us a little bit about your family, how old your kids are, all that. In our family. So I have a 14 year old stepdaughter and she's with us quite a bit. So she's not always here, but she's here quite a bit. And she's in ninth grade. And then I have a nine-year-old who is in third grade. And then I have a five-year-old who's finishing up preschool. So we are in really different stages of kids, like managing no a high schooler and all of the like athletic events and social events and God help us social media that we have to worry about. Oh my God. <laughs> then, I don't you know, even like want to have that conversation yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's awful. Ah. Yeah. So something kind of unique about you, but I'm actually finding that this is not so unique to a lot of entrepreneurs out there is that you started your business when your son was eight weeks old. And before I call you crazy, can you explain a little bit about why you decided to do that? And then how did you initially get your business going in those early years when your son was so young? And you had, at that point, a toddler, a full-on toddler. I did. So Gabriella was three and a half when he was born. So uh, my son is my third. So he's the five-year-old. And honestly, Katie... When I was pregnant with him, I started taking some coaching courses. So I did this whole like seven month long coach training program where I went away for a weekend a month and did all this stuff. Right. And I really felt this desire to start my own business, but like, I'm not even going to lie to you for more than a year. I did nothing with it because I couldn't think of the perfect name for my business. And looking back, I just like, I'm like, who cares what your business name is? You can operate under any URL you want. This is the case study. If you're listening and you are sitting on your business because you think you need to have the perfect name, don't do it. (laughs) Just yeah. Yeah. Don't do it because uh, even, I mean, so there was a point. So I had my son on June 11th. And the end of the year at Microsoft, which is where I worked at the time, happened on June 30th, right? So Mm -hmm. I worked all except the last like two and a half weeks of the year. And I won this huge award, huge. So I was in charge of some global marketing initiatives at Microsoft, and I won this award, the MVP award for marketing. And so on my maternity leave, when Mason was eight weeks old, I went in and I got my award. I had lunch with the chief marketing officer and I went and got my review. And my manager at the time was like, Hey, Michelle, you've done great work this past year. You know, you get all these accolades, whatever. Just going to let you know, since you're on maternity leave, the most I'm going to give you next year is a middle of the road review. Now know that I've already been wanting to go out on my own, but I sort of felt like I had golden handcuffs. Like, you know, I just like had 5,001 excuses as to why I couldn't leave at that time. And I am telling you, I sat in that room and I was so angry, Katie. I was so angry. I was like, if I was a cartoon character, I would have had steam coming out of my ears. I wonder how many women have gone through a similar experience. (laughs) Oh, I can't... even if it hasn't been specifically stated to them, like it was to me, they've probably had to pay the maternity price. But in any case, I went home that night and opened my business. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing like that that would just like jump you into action. So what did you do right away? 
that was in August of 2011. And I didn't actually leave my job until January of 2012. And so like, I just opened my business that night. I got on the internet and I did all the paperwork I needed to do because it's surprisingly easy. Right. Um, right. <laughs> and then I spent probably the next two months just kind of trying to figure out like, how could I actually replace my income? How could I make this a reality? Cause I knew that I was not going to be at my job long-term. And so I, you know, what I did is I started going through my network. So I took a look at uh, people that I had worked with at Microsoft and people I'd worked with at other companies because I had been in the corporate world for 16 years. And I looked at friends that I had and stuff. And I just started reaching out. Hey, I'm thinking about leaving my job and, you know, here's some things that I could do. I'd love to just talk to you about how this might fit into something you have or somebody. And I'll tell you, I, I did quite a few of those reach outs, just mm-hmm. really low key. It's like, Hey Katie, I'm just thinking about maybe leaving my job. What do you think about this? Right. So I left my job on Friday, January 13th. And the following Monday, I had contracts all lined up. What? And it was really empowering to me to know that just by reaching out, just by being available, just by saying, hey, Katie, how can I help you? That things came about. Now, I will tell you, since that time, my business has evolved tremendously. Right, right. As it always (laughs) does. Yeah. And so if anyone listening to this is thinking about starting a business or maybe has a business, but isn't sure if that's exactly what you want to do. I want to fully empower you to figure out what you really want to do and just keep evolving and changing because I'm probably on the fifth iteration of my business. (laughs) I think that that is the common misconception of business at all is that anyone who is quote unquote successful in business has it all figured out. And the truth is, is that the successful ones are the ones that continue to evolve and change. And, and, you know, my business looks nothing like it looked three years ago, nothing. And it has to keep on evolving because you have to keep on You are evolving as a person. So your offerings are evolving. Who you're attracting is evolving. How you want to show up and and produce and give to people is evolving. So yeah, that's a really good reminder just to let it keep experimenting and keep letting it evolve. Yeah. And I mean, the truth is when I left my job, like I had a seven month old baby. So we all know what that means. That means that I'm up two, three times a night. (laughs) That means that I'm like, you know, the walking dead, (laughs) just tired. And I didn't have enough white space in my head to really be super creative. So I had to stick with what I knew. But then as he got older and I started sleeping through the night and all that stuff, I had more white space to say, all right, what is it that like, what do I really like about this? What do I not like about this? And that's how I evolved. Right. So especially in those early years of your business, and especially because, you know, now your kids are all school age and so they're pretty much going to school most of the days. But, you know, in those early years when Mason was so young, when you had a toddler running around, Have you and your husband really established any particular ground rules or any particular schedules or anything like that that has worked for you that you can recognize now? Like that really helps us manage everything. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because especially when I first started, Katie, I was like, I felt like I had to be superwoman and do it all. And so I'm saying yes to too much work, first of all. And I'm on the phone at 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, doing calls with people in Europe. 
I'm juggling and struggling all day long, literally just running from thing to thing to thing, no time and taking calls late in the evening. I was just trying to do it all. And I was trying to, you know, make dinners and all that stuff. And I just, I had it. Well, first of all, I had a car accident, but then I had just like this mental, like, I can't do this. Right. I can't survive like this crazy superwoman because mm, I'm not. Right. Right. (laughs) And so I had to get clear with myself. First of all, like, why do I feel like I have to do it all? Right. And that took some soul searching. And then the second piece is I had to have some honest conversations with my husband. And the thing is, is that he really wanted to help, but he didn't know the struggle that I was going through. He saw I was busy, but he had no idea that I was constantly on the verge of tears, that I just felt like I was failing at everything. And I couldn't have that honest conversation with him until I got honest with myself And once I did, and like I say that conversation, like we've had that conversation probably 85 times. (laughs) 85, girl, I'm on 85 and our kid's only a year and a half. Come on. (laughs) I mean, so let's just be clear. Like you have to keep having This is an ever evolving conversation. (laughs) But we have, we've come up with some really, really good trade-offs. And so like one of the trade-offs is he loves to do CrossFit and he was doing CrossFit instead of helping out with the family in my view. And so we had this agreement, like we're up at 5am. He can go to the 6am CrossFit. I can do my stuff here, like, you know, walk on the treadmill or whatever. And then I get ready. Then he gets ready. Then he takes the kids to school. And just knowing that I could count on that in the morning was huge. Yeah. It was huge. So huge. Just knowing that like, I can have this bit of time to meditate or walk on the treadmill or whatever I needed to do in the morning to feel really good. Listen to a podcast. I don't know. was really freeing for me because I didn't feel like I was rolling out of bed and rolling into dealing with the day. And then knowing that he was going to take over and take the kids to school and all that kind of stuff was really empowering to me because I knew, okay, they're leaving the house at 8 a.m. from 8 a.m. until the time I needed to leave the house is all mine. And having that control is fabulous. And then all of our kids actually have had to have speech therapy. So we have to fit all these things in to get them to therapists. And so we just trade off every other week and it's constantly evolving. So I could tell you what it is today, but I will tell you it constantly evolves because as they get older, they have different commitments or events or sports or, you know, whatever, piano, ballet, God knows what else is going to come right, up. Right, right. Ninja class. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> love it. so for me, Katie, it comes down to what does my successful life look like? How do I define success? And for me, I define success by being able to have my impact in my business, in, in my work hours and being able to be fully present in my family hours And being able to have open dialogue with my husband about, I need a little more work hour here. What can you trade off so that we can cover all of our responsibilities, but we both can still feel successful. Right. And that is constantly evolving. So that is not this, which is part of the reason, like you said, ever since we first met, you've seen me get focused and take off. Part of it is because I keep getting clearer and clearer what is it that success looks like to me? Because success isn't just number of clients. It isn't just dollars in the bank. It's feeling rested. Like for me, it's feeling rested. It's feeling connected to my kids. It's feeling happy. 
feeling like I have some space in my life where I'm not just constantly either mom, wife, or business owner where I could like be Michelle. (laughs) That is so true. And you know what? I really appreciate you bringing up I'm going to call it the challenge of that continual partner conversation around managing it all or kind of like expressing your needs versus like his needs versus the kids needs and all that sort of stuff. Because it is, I feel like, truthfully, I feel like that's probably been the most challenging of being a mompreneur for me is like, how are you and I as a team managing all of these things? So I'm so making this assumption and this is such a projection on my part, but like, what do you do, assuming that you do feel this way, what do you do when you feel like you're taking on more than your fair share and you need some help and that's not necessarily getting either respected or happily taken off of your shoulders? How have you guys come up with a way to resolve that? Can you tell I was trying to be really politically correct there? (laughs) Yeah, but that's a fair assumption um, because it happens all the time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it's not because my husband's a bad guy. He's amazing, but he's a guy. So he doesn't have mom guilt. If there's piles of laundry, he can walk past him and it doesn't bother him. Right. And for me, it makes me insane. And so being really clear about that... um, Years ago, when we were thinking about getting married, we read this book that I love. I read it many, many years ago before I even met him called The Five Love Languages. Have you ever read that? I have. You know, both of us have read that together. It's powerful. It is powerful. It's it's oldie. I don't even know how long it's been around. I think I first read it in like 2000 or 2001. But it is a really powerful tool for talking about needs and desires. Because the way that I feel loved is extremely different than how he feels loved. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to love me by doing lots of stuff. And I feel like I'm not being loved at all because my love language is quality time Mm. and his is acts of service. So whenever I'm feeling like that, I always come back to, okay, he's feeling really loved because I'm doing tons of stuff for him. Right. Right. Because I'm doing the laundry or, you know, whatever it is. Right. But I'm not feeling love because A, I'm doing all this work and B, he's not reciprocating with quality time to me. So we have this conversation all the time. And so one of the things that we do is like recently we just hired some landscapers to come in and totally do our front and backyard so that we could free up probably three weekends worth of landscaping duties. So that we could go do something. And, you know, then we went and did, we took a family bike ride and we did all this stuff. It comes back to how do you want to feel? How do I want to feel in my life, in my business? Do I feel supported? If not, what am I doing to contribute to not feeling supported? And what is it that I really need? Not what are the symptoms, like the laundry. What is it that I really need? Yeah. And for me, it always comes back to connection. Because of the quality time. And so yeah. for you listening, if you have not read The Five Love Languages, it's worth just giving you a super brief explanation of it because I'm going to use this language here soon because it's such a powerful tool to be able to understand your partner. Actually, you can really use it for with any relationship, but it works very powerfully in a love relationship. But it's just the idea of like, much like if Michelle and I were speaking, if she was speaking English and I was speaking Spanish, 
but she can only really hear me in English and I can only really hear her in Spanish. We're not ever going to connect. We're not ever going to be full of love for each other because we can't really understand each other. So it's very similar when you're dealing in relationships and love. And so, yeah, there's five different ways in which we all feel fulfilled in love, even though they're all very important. But there's one in particular that more than any other makes us feel loved. And so the author has this really great metaphor of like, if you imagine like a gas tank and it's like my tank is full when someone speaks to me in this particular love language or my tank is empty. And so there have been unfortunately many times where I've been to Chris, like my tank is empty. My tank is empty right now. My tank is empty. I have nothing to give, (laughs) but that's actually getting true to that. Like, I'm not talking about the symptoms here. I'm actually talking about like the core of what is going on, which is really powerful. So this is such a powerful part of the mompreneur journey because Chris and I literally just had this conversation of we are not living a traditional lifestyle here. I have my own business, so I can kind of make my own hours. So it's not your typical nine to five job. He has his own business, so he's making his own hours. So he doesn't have his typical nine to five job. And yet there's this weird there's still this sort of historical expectation of what the typical roles are. So we're constantly having this conversation around, we are not a quote unquote typical household. So we need to create our own equation of normalcy of like, what are our norms? Like you and your husband talking about like that morning time, that's huge. And we have tried to do that a handful of times. And yet what I find that our connection starts disintegrating the moment that that agreement starts to disintegrate. Like the moment that, oh, all of a sudden, like the schedule changes and that doesn't work anymore and that we get out of that habit. So I am just a big believer that setting up a lot of those habits and agreements with your spouse, with the other person who's helping you manage the kid and and respecting your and helping you in your ability to sort of grow your business all at the same time, like that's really necessary. I feel like those things are very necessary to keep everything manageable. Yeah, I 100% agree. And in all honesty, our morning routine, when it doesn't go right, a lot of times it's my fault because I've let it slip mm. because it's easy to let it slip once. Yep. And then it's easy to hit the snooze bar and go back to sleep for a little bit. And then it's easy to get into this routine. And as soon as that starts falling apart, I have to look back at myself and say, what have I done to contribute <laughs> to not having this the way I want? It's, it's that's such really, a good question, uh, by the way. I love that. That is, that's a great takeaway for you listening right now. <laughs> what have I done in this? What, how have I contributed to this? And, how, and then that gives you the power to change it. Yeah, because frustrations a lot of times come from things that you're allowing. Like for a long time, I'll just be honest, we have a mother-in-law suite and that's where my office is. Mm -hmm. And my mother-in-law actually did live with us for about two and a half years. And she was only supposed to be here for like six weeks. And I was allowing it to continue where I was having to work out of our bedroom or the kitchen table. And I was just like, this is not okay. I need my office back. And so just being really clear, what am I allowing? What's getting in the way? What's one of these frustrations that maybe I'm afraid to even give voice to for whatever reason. Like for me, when I felt like I had to be super mom, I felt like if I wasn't dropping my kids off and picking them up, I wasn't a good mom. Like that was just some weird belief that I had. Mm. If I wasn't dinner every night, that I was a bad mom. Like I just had all these judgments and it was really contributing to me not being able to focus fully on my business when I was in my business. It was taking time 
time away from my family when I was with them because I was constantly judging myself for everything. And so I just like to be really clear. (laughs) I think if there's a giant theme that you can take home from this episode, it really is like go inside and get really clear on what is important to you, what kind of life you really want to live, then how you can actually create that. And really what that means is what sort of conversation can you start with your spouse or your partner if you have one in helping you manage the ideal life of you that you have as a mom, the ideal life that you have as a business owner. So I think that there's so much to be said about that. And I really appreciate you being so open about the relationship aspect because we really haven't talked about that yet here in depth in this series. And it is such a huge part of making everything work. Um, you know, and and I I really want to make sure that I state this because it is not perfect. I mean, just like this entire business journey in and of itself, just like this entire mom journey in and of itself, the relationship journey and the parenting journey is not perfect. And so it is, I feel like it's this constant conversation happening about how can we do it better today? How can we do it better today? Well, that sucked. We didn't do that right. And everything fell (laughs) apart. And I don't know about you, Michelle, and I don't know about you listening, but like if my relationship is not intact, I suck at everything else because I'm not really good at compartmentalizing. And so I all of a sudden am like, oh, I do not. I'm just not. My headspace is not in the space of sharing and giving and being a really great leader and doing all these things that are that I love doing in my business. I'm not there. I can't I can't be great there. So nurturing and growing my relationship is probably I think and I think I'm really just understanding this as we're talking and having this conversation that is key for this entire mompreneur thing to work for me. And it sounds like that is very true for you too. It is. And I'll tell you, Katie, because my oldest two are girls. I feel like it is a real gift to them too. I'm not a martyr. I'm not here to put myself last. Right. I have clear priorities and clear boundaries and they see that. And they also know where it comes and they know that when I'm with them, I'm a hundred percent with them. But when things come up for them, I'll always say, what is it that you really want? What is it that's really bothering you? Cause I, I want to be a good role model for them. We're not just going to point out symptoms and gossip about things. We're going to be really clear on what is it that you really, really want. I love, love that. Well, I can't think of a better way to end this particular interview. I think that that was just such a great dive into how you have done this. And and, um, I really appreciate your openness about the journey it's been and just the constant evolution that it really continues to be. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing that, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me back, Katie. 